Well, hey there, skinny peeps. Welcome back to your weekly Skinny with Jesus. Today is August 1st, 2017. My name is Bevan Caramello. Glad you're listening with us today. We took a week off last week. I was out of town on vacation with friends and family. And so um, I just, I hope you all had a great week and maybe used the extra time to catch up on a call that you may have missed. I definitely missed being here with you guys. I can't believe today is the first day of August, right? Summer is flying by, at least mine is. Um, but it's not over yet, okay? We are still in the middle of our short and sweet summer series, which is titled simply, What God is Showing Me This Week. And I'll give you scriptures that I've been reading over the past few weeks or past few days, along with what God's been showing me. And then my challenge to each of you is to take those verses back into your own Bible time with God and ask him to take you even deeper into what he has for you. Okay, so without further ado, turn with me to the book of John. We are going to be um, in chapter 21. Okay, and we are going to be uh, starting with verse four. Okay. So this is just a little background for you guys. This is taking place in the days immediately following Christ's resurrection. Okay, Christ had already appeared uh, at least twice to his disciples, uh, at least two other times that we know about that John speaks of in chapter 20. Okay, so pick it up with me in verse 4. We're going to read through uh, part of verse 7. Okay, so many of the disciples had decided to go fishing in the early morning hours, okay? And then verse 4 starts off, says, Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, okay, that's who's writing this book. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Okay, so right here we see, I, John remembered, I think, a similar miracle that um, we can read about. You guys are welcome to go read about it um, later and in the week in your own time. It's in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. It was a very similar time. You guys may remember where um, um, Jesus told them to cast their nets in deep waters and then to put their nets on the other side of the boat, and they hauled in a similar number of fish. And I think as soon as this happened, it triggered that memory for John. And Peter was on that boat, too. Um, that's the miracle, the story that is in Luke chapter 5. And here, John and Peter are on a boat again, right? And I feel like Jesus is, again, he's telling them, do it my way, right? Do it my way. Live the life I've called you to. And then in that that uh, similar story in Luke chapter 5, he goes on to tell Peter, he says, you know, I will make you a fisher of men, okay? Now, we're going to finish verse 7 because this is what I really want us to focus on today, okay? So remember, just now we read at the beginning of verse 7, then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, so that's John, he says to Peter, it is the Lord. Okay, now here's what I really want us to hone in on today. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. Okay, remember just a few days ago, Peter denied he even knew Jesus. 
okay? He was scared and ashamed to even be associated with him. And then Jesus was crucified. And I'm sure Peter was probably covered in guilt and shame that when push came to shove, he did not stand for Jesus, right? He buckled. But that is what makes this one of my very favorite passages in the whole Bible is so can you picture Peter out on this boat and he, he sees John, this man over on the sidelines on the shore and John says, it's the Lord. And I mean, I, I just picture Peter frazzled and he puts his cloak on, right? Most of us would take it off before we jump in the water. But Peter sees Jesus and he is just overcome with a need and a desire to be with him. He's excited. He's frazzled. He's overwhelmed. And he abandons all need to be civilized or rational. He just knows he has to get to Jesus. He's over there on the shore. That's where I want to be. And so he puts his clothes on and launches himself out of the boat. He's literally hurling himself in the direction of his Savior. Nothing will keep him from Jesus this time. And I just love the reckless abandon we see here in Peter. Okay, pick it up with me in verse 8. We're going to read 8 and 9. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a 100 yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. So once again, Jesus is going to feed them. And can you imagine what the other disciples were thinking? Oh, there goes Peter again, right? Peter was a man of extremes. He was intense. He was passionate. You know, and this is not the first time we see Peter getting out of a boat heading toward Jesus. Remember um, when he got out of the boat in the middle of the storm and walked on water? I'm sure the disciples were like, oh, okay, there goes Peter again. But remember in that story, he walked on water until he became overwhelmed by the storm and began to panic. Because he took his eyes off of Christ and began to focus instead on the circumstances around him. It's easy to do, right? If we're not intentional about our gaze and where it's placed. Sound familiar? I mean, just a few days ago in our story, right before Christ was crucified, Peter began to be focused on the circumstances around him instead of on his Lord and Savior. And he panicked. And he wouldn't even claim to be his. Here he is. He's one of Jesus' beloved disciples. One of the twelve. And yet he denied him. In a moment when Christ needed him most. And then remember uh, when they come to take Jesus away before they crucified him. This is the same Peter. He cut off a man's ear when they came to take Jesus away. Right? Peter was bold. He was kind of unpredictable but I just love him here because he has to get to Jesus now the scriptures tell us he's only about a hundred yards from the shore but he is not going to wait for them to turn that boat around and get it to where it's going he just launches himself out of the boat and he is swimming with his clothes on with all of his might to get to shore to get to Jesus and he's not worried about looking civilized 
He doesn't care what anyone else thinks. As I, as I read this this week, I couldn't help but to feel convicted. As I asked myself, is my love for Jesus civilized? Or is it wild and abandoned? You know, if you're like me, you're realizing you've got some work to do here. And, you know, whatever our past, whatever mistakes we've made, Jesus wants to forgive us. He wants to make us new again, right? He redeems us just like he did Peter. And then he reconciles us back to God. No more separation. Completely restored. With work for us to do in his name. Remember after this, after he ascended into heaven, he had told Peter, you are the rock in which I will build my church. He redeemed them. He reconciled them back to God. He restored him for his own name's sake. And in return, he does the same for us. And in return, all he wants is a heart that's completely sold out for him. Reckless love, unashamed, passionate for him. Will you guys pray with me? Father God, Lord, I thank you. Um, I thank you for stories like Peter's. They give us hope and encouragement, Lord, that um, even the ones closest to Jesus that walked hand in hand with him, they made mistakes. They denied him. They fell short. They got back up again. They kept trying, Lord, and you redeemed them and you forgave them. Lord, I ask for a bold, brave, courageous, wildly abandoned love for you. Lord, would you light that fire in us, a fire that's not worried about looking civilized to those around us, but instead just with a passion, just wanting to get to you, whatever it takes. Lord, I thank you for this time together. And Lord, I also just want to bring a sweet little boy before you right now. Our sweet Corbin, the son of one of my dearest friends, who is, he's in the middle of a heart surgery right now, Lord. And I know that you are right there in the middle of it with him. And so I just pray, Lord, that your healing would be in the hands of every doctor, every nurse, every tech that is touching him, that is working on his little heart. I pray, Lord, that your perfect healing would be ushered in. I pray, Lord, that you'll be with him in the hours and in the days to come as he's recovering, that you would make him strong, that you would make him mighty, Lord, that you would make him a warrior for your kingdom. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for this time together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you've been blessed by this message and your time with us. I'll post this code later on today on our Weekly Skinny Facebook page. If you're not already a member there, just search Weekly Skinny 
in Facebook and then add yourself there. All are welcome. So feel free to invite friends, family. Um, for those of you within Rodan and Fields, within your organization, invite your teams, invite your customers. Like I said, all are welcome. Uh, your weekly skinny with Jesus. I like to say it's for anybody with skin, right? Because that narrows it down. All right. Well, until we are back together next week, I will be praying for you guys. See you next Tuesday at 2, right here. Same dial-in number, same place every week. Your weekly skinny with Jesus. And I will be praying over you guys in the meantime. May God bless you and yours. Bye now.